वेलकम टू हॉप रेडियो एंड एनडीटीवी हॉप लाइफ प्रोडक्शन वेलकम टू कॉम्बैटिंग कोरोना वायरस द पॉडकास्ट वर वी टॉक अबाउट द ग्लोबल स्ट्रगल अगेंस्ट कोविड 19 I'm Deepak Maggi and I'm Priyanka Pant. Today we're looking at the idea of easing restrictions in the face of the COVID-19 crisis. So Deepak, first of all, why do we even need lockdowns? So every disease has an R0 variable, right? Scientists assign a value to every disease, which means the value of R0 is how many people average person will infect while they have the disease. So if a disease has an r not of 3 for example every person who has the disease will infect on average three other people so you prevent the spread of the disease by bringing down the r not you can of course do this with vaccines or with preventive medicine but because we don't have those for covid-19 yet the only way to bring the variable down is to prevent people from meeting at all so you impose a complete lockdown people don't meet each other this prevents the exponential spread of the disease and makes sure that healthcare systems don't get overloaded and patients of covid-19 and other diseases can get the care that they need but priyanka what is the other side of this coin like why can't we just be on a lockdown until a vaccine is developed I mean a lockdown is sort of if you think about it social distancing to the extreme right you're absolutely stopping people from going out of their homes unless it's an essential activity or essential service but the point is that stop on the movement of people puts a stop on all economic activity right which completely directly impacts people's lives in a big way in india for instance a large number of indians depend on daily wages for their survival so of course what that means is you cannot simply afford to have a lockdown that just goes on forever and ever we're about 12 to 18 months still away from a vaccine um for covid-19 uh and of course no country in the world can afford to be in complete lockdown for 12 to 18 months so it's it's really a fine balancing act in that way uh how long do you shut down for how many people do you keep at home um but also making sure that you know people aren't going hungry um and the economy isn't com- coming to a complete standstill our first example let's visit wuhan right so wuhan is of course where covid-19 originated it was the worst hit part of china and it's been on a complete lockdown for over two and a half months it's an industrial hub there's a lot of economic activity that goes on in wuhan all of that has been suspended and it's a city of 11 million so the decision to reopen the city came only after only three new coronavirus cases were reported in the previous 3 weeks and china reported no new deaths recently for the first time since january now what has the easing of restrictions looked like in wuhan right i mean you know the headline might be a little misleading you know that the lockdown is now over in wuhan which of course was the epicenter of where the crisis began but the lifting of the lockdown doesn't necessarily mean that things are going back to normal yes people are now being allowed to travel in and out of the city public transportation has begun again but there are still some restrictions in place for instance a reuters report today said that in wuhan its residents will continue to go undergo uh you know comprehensive health checks they're going to continue to test people's temperatures because there's still concerns over the fact that once they open up movement in and out of the city are people who were potentially asymptomatic leaving the city and you know again will there be a rise in coronavirus cases that come out of that or are there people that are coming into the city that are asymptomatic or carriers of the disease or the of the virus and what does that mean for um cases going forward is there going to be another spike once again after the lockdown is eased so of course china being china they've also made an app 
which takes into account where you live, where you've traveled recently and your medical history to calculate how much of a risk you are or how likely you are to have and spread the disease. So you can move around if the app says you're not a health risk and you have to show your app result at various checkpoints throughout the city. But the general advice in the area is still to stay home as much as possible and schools and stuff are all still closed. Right. But, you know, there is one interesting thing to note in Wuhan. I think Wuhan will be the place where other cities and countries sort of figure out where to go from and how to ease the restrictions going forward. Businesses are coming back to life in Wuhan, but an article in the New York Times quotes business owners as saying that they're going to have to start laying off people even as they sort of try to get back to normal. So even once restrictions are eased, that doesn't necessarily mean that things are hunky-dory once again. Yep, and many other places in Europe have now started to ease some restrictions, like places like Austria, Denmark, Czech Republic have in some way or the other started public movement again and are easing their lockdown. You know, and that's exactly something that um, a very prominent Hong Kong-based epidemiologist, Dr. Gabriel Long, has said in the New York Times. He's outlined it as something he calls a suppress and lift strategy, saying that, you know, lockdowns cannot go on forever. Countries and governments will really have to figure out and really keep a check on the kinds of numbers of cases that are being reported once these restrictions are eased. You know, what is it looking like once sort of normal activity reduces as much as it possibly can. And he describes it as sort of a three-way tug of war between, you know, combating COVID-19, protecting the economy and making sure that, you know, people sort of have some sense of normalcy in their lives. He has a nice analogy where he likens it to driving a car on like a long and winding road with a lot of turns. So you need to constantly balance between the accelerator and the brakes and you need to hit the brakes often and then release them again and again to make sure you keep going forward. And that's what a lot of the world is going to look like for the next year or two at the very least. So that was our uh, coronavirus content for this episode. But as you know, every episode, we like to end on one positive story. And for today's positive story, we'll go back to New Zealand. Now, Priyanka, what happened in New Zealand? (laughs) This is possibly my favorite story this week. At a press conference, New Zealand's Prime Minister said that both the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy have been considered essential workers. Uh, This Sunday, of course, is Easter, and there had been many concerns about whether or not the Easter Bunny would be out and about um, and... New Zealand's Prime Minister said, yes, indeed, they would be. They might not be as active as they were expected to be, the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy, because they're also in lockdown and they're with their families. Um, But what a lovely sort of anecdote to end on. Yep, and she's also done this great thing where... Uh, she's asked people to draw Easter eggs and keep them up on their windows so children who can't go around hunting for actual Easter eggs can look at other people's windows and hunt for Easter eggs that way. That was this episode of Combating Coronavirus. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with you very soon with another story from the global struggle against COVID-19. Until then, stay safe.